0: From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by your solar city, your source for clean energy that's sustainable. Today we talk with well-known song and songwriter and rising pop star Brittany Bouchard about her new project and her new EP. And we're going to meet the power behind the super creative band We Are the West and hear about their secret concerts. And maybe you can go to one. Who knows? Stay tuned. This is going to be a really good show.
1: Well,
0: before I introduce our first guest, I want to thank all of you who have recommended bands on our website. We are booked through September, so hold off any more recommendations until October, when we uh, first of all we got to solidify when everybody around here is going on vacation, and then we work through the uh, the backlist because you know we do we do listen we do uh, go to the SoundCloud uh, links that you give us and. And we do look at the websites that you send us, so we want to be thorough about this. So hold off, but don't hold off going to the website, of course. Uh, We're going to be posting a whole bunch of new reviews this Friday. And we're going to keep tweeting out stories from our bands and uh, our friends in the music business. So follow our Twitter feed. And, of course, if you follow our Twitter feed, you get up-to-date information on who the bands are that are coming up on Friday. Something else we're contemplating, if we can pull it off, is posting songs and information from the bands that are suggested and then letting all of you vote on them. Now, there's some technical and legal stuff we have to do first, so probably we're not going to get to that till late fall, but I think that, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun, so, so watch for that. Well, it's the day, after, the day after the Made in America Music Fest in Los Angeles. For those of you who aren't in the music capital of the world, and I know a lot, most of you are not in the music capital of the world, that being Los Angeles, uh, Made in America Fest is the Kanye West produced, uh, actually Kanye West and Live Nation produced festival that was originally on the East Coast, been there for two or three years, and has now moved uh, to a, or set up a West Coast version. Uh, they took over the grand park in downtown la now if any of you have ever been to los angeles you know that los angeles is not downtown la is pretty constricted it was not originally built to have auto to have pedestrians it was an automobile city it's only lately that has really turned into a a pedestrian city and uh, grand park is actually an uphill park it starts down there and it goes for just about three blocks up to the top of the hill so it's an interesting place to put a um, a concert apparently it worked uh, i i wasn't able to go saturday i was shooting a, a video and sunday of course i was out with my bike my bike uh, team you all know about my bike team and uh but i have talked to people who have been and of course we had lots and lots of reviews and apparently it worked they put in 36000 people they they had 50000 tickets available so it didn't sell out but I'm not surprised, because the FYF Festival was at Exposition Park the weekend before, and you know, how many $100 tickets can you buy? (laughs) So I think that kind of bit into their market a little bit, but nevertheless, 30,000 people a day for two days is nothing to sneeze at, and a lot of people had a lot of fun. It also worked pretty well, logistically. I mean, there were some there were some glitches here and there, particularly on the first day when they ran out of water and the temperature was over 90 degrees and there wasn't enough shade for everybody. The city's going to figure that one out. But the music was good. The lineup was good. And one of the things I really liked about it was it was a varied lineup. It all wasn't just one thing. Kanye West was very smart. I mean, a lot of rap, and a lot of hip-hop, but there were other artists in there, too. So they attracted a number of different kinds of audiences. And you know what? Everybody got along. Everybody had a great time, and everybody learned a little bit about everybody else's music, too. So I I think Made in America, the Made in America Fest was a a success. I'm going to try to go next year. I only have one complaint about the Made in America Fest. Um, The sponsor is Budweiser, and Budweiser, of course, is owned by a Belgium company, so... Maybe uh, next year they can get an American sponsor. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come, we're going to say hello to our affiliates. And when we come back, Brittany Bouchard will join us. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live.
2: Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net.
0: I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, host of Music Friday Live, and I want to welcome all of our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and, of course, on our home network, the BlogTalkRadio.com network and also on our radio stations around the country if you have questions or comments about the show you can log on to our website there's a way to contact us there or you can just email us at musicfridaylive@gmail.com and of course if you're listening to us on a podcast and I know about half of you do download us as podcasts. You know, that's a lot of podcasts. That's 15,000 podcasts a week or more. You can still email questions to our guests. And what we do is we forward your question on to the guest, but we take your, your address off of it. That way you don't get put on a mailing list that you didn't really want to be put on. But when we get an answer back, we can forward it on to you. So feel free, to, if you're listening to us on a podcast, to uh, email us, um, and then we'll forward that on. Well, I saw our next guest last month at a club in Los Angeles. Now, I had come to see uh, an act that was on later, but when I noticed her on the schedule, I decided to get there early enough to position myself in front of the stage and get ready for some great tunes, and great tunes is what I got. So great that I courted her immediately after the the act to uh, book her on the show. Fortunately, she didn't have me thrown out for harassing her, and she agreed to an interview. Brittany Bouchard is known in the Los Angeles music and television community as an excellent songwriter, but her fans know her for pop songs, videos, and her stunning beauty. The woman who mounted the stage that night and introduced herself not as Brittany Bouchard, but as the Johnny California Band. And she wasn't there to display beauty, stunning or otherwise. She was there to blow us away with unbelievable music, and that's exactly what she did. I still can't get the first song of the set, Volcano, out of my head. Fortunately, I don't have to because I can stream it from Reverb Nation along with the songs from her new EP. And even better, she is here with us right now. Brittany, welcome to Music Friday Live.
3: Hi, thank you so much.
0: Uh, Brittany, I have been absorbing, and I mean that, not just listening, but absorbing your new EP. Now, this is your debut, so you must be pretty excited.
3: Yeah, you know, I actually, I put it out about, um, almost two years ago now, I, my newest thing is my single, but I, I you know, I'm excited, and I, I want to thank you for, you know, the way you introduced me, I appreciate all the compliments, it means a lot.
0: <laughs> well, well, why don't we, we, uh, we, we play a, a, one of your songs, uh, this is one that is really exciting, and this is the one I think uh, you're talking okay. about, this is, I Will Be Yours.
3: close your eyes, catch your breath, cause I'm on the edge of falling, I'm on the edge of falling down,
2: but don't catch me now.
0: Well, first of all, let me say that is so lush and so moving. The way you rise with your voice and the chorus and the hook, it just sort of makes people's stomach muscles tighten. The, the <laughs> Thank words,
2: you.
0: <laughs> well, the words um, in the lyrics, I'm on the edge of falling down, but don't catch me now. Uh, that sounds like somebody is a little too protective, and, and unless they, they back off, the relationship is going to die because it's being overwatered. Uh, is, am I close on what you're thinking about there?
3: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of just like, you know, when they say, um, uh, you know, just let let someone go, and you'll find out if they come back to you if they, you know, really love you. And it, it's, it sounds really cliche, but... Um, I've been in a situation like that. I think we all have, and I really wanted to write about something different than just another love story. But kind of, you know, you know, let it go and see if it, if it comes back to you. And um, and there we are.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. Well, so that was about you.
3: It's you know, it, it, it. I didn't mean for it to be. You know, I really, I really went in the studio and I collaborated with two really amazing producers, um, Mark Jackson and Ian Scott. Um, uh, and we just kind of got in there, and it was one of those songs that happened really quick and just it wrote itself, and I really left the studio not thinking that that was a great song or a bad song. I didn't really know, and then when we recorded it, it I really felt the magic that it had, and um, so, yeah, it was definitely from, you know, my own experiences, but it was just a different take on, it wasn't a heartbreak song. It wasn't a love song. It was kind of somewhere in between.
0: Yeah, and, and it's a great song too. Uh now you've also Thank got you. a pretty a pretty nice looking video out um and I'm not going to describe it because it's on radio but I I'm on radio and it's on on um, YouTube but uh you want to tell us a little bit about uh what it what it is and how you made it?
3: Yeah, you know, it was my very first music video and I, you know, as being an independent artist, I've kind of had to um get really creative in the way to make things happen with a very, very small slash no budget. And uh, it was a really magical, the video itself is about, you know, fairy tale and it wanted to kind of have that magical feel to it. And um, the way it came together was extremely magical. You know, I, I uh, called a friend of mine who's a director and I said, Hey, I really want to make a music video for this song. We have an opportunity to possibly market it, but we have six days. <laughs> so um, I, I can't believe it. Even to this day, every time I talk about this story, I get chills. But I called him the next day. We were in a meeting with him, a producer, um, a DP, and we literally, within six days, you know, the following Sunday to come, we are at this house in Agora. This is not house, it's like a mansion in Agora Hills, with 25 people between cast and crew. All of my friends, all the people I know in my life, had come together to collaborate on this on this work of art and this project for pretty much almost, you know, we basically spent nothing on it. And it really turned out to look like a professional video. And I was overwhelmed with gratitude towards everyone who had come together to, you know, to work for art, you know. So it was a really uh, beautiful experience in, in my life, you know, for my first music video. And it definitely has that fairy tale aspect of it.
0: Well, you did a wonderful job, and and I'm even more appreciative because I'm now in the third week of shooting a video, and we're spending more than than nothing on it, so I really, uh, uh, hats off to you. Uh, How can people find it?
3: It's on YouTube. Um, You know, if you type in Brittany Bouchard, I will be yours. It will pop right up.
0: Okay, all right. Now, I know that that you've said that you're a risk taker and and that you're burdened with sort of an ADD personality uh, and that you need... (laughs) You need to do things that scare you. Does having a backup, somebody to catch you if you fall, does that inhibit your growth? Was that embedded in the words in that song at all?
3: Oh, wow, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that I never even thought of that. I think I am a bit impulsive, and to have someone to catch me makes me, yeah, absolutely. Wow, good for you. <laughs> Are you a psychologist? Really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the psychologist is in. Please deposit your nickel right here. Um, I know, right? Now, I
3: owe you money now, see?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you were discovered singing in a cafeteria and talked into taking a risk that changed your life. You want to tell us about that?
3: Um, I don't know what, what you're talking about exactly. A cafeteria.
0: Didn't somebody hear you singing a song in a cafeteria? And said that you should, um. you should go into a, um, a contest?
3: Not to my knowledge. No. Okay.
0: All right. Well, then the the, the psychologist is giving you your nickel back. Um, all right. Maybe. Well, the, I
3: mean, I, I, a lot of places.
0: <laughs> when the uh, when when the box of your first EPs arrived and you actually held them in your hand two years ago, did that convince you that this this journey you're on, this risky journey of being a, a singer, is paying off and that you can relax now? Or do you ever relax?
3: Oh no, no. You know, you know, I, I've been trying, you know, definitely to focus on living in the moment, living in the present. And uh, when I got that box, it was like this amazing moment of like, this is awesome. And then my second thought was, okay, what am I going to do next? <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't that terrible? <laughs> no,
0: no, that that that's wonderful. That, that that that's a person who's moving ahead. And let's move ahead a little bit here by by playing another one of your songs.
3: I hate New York City Cause it reminds me of you Don't
0: Now, that's a song that starts off sort of safely constructed like an emotional pop song and then the cymbals shimmer and the kick drum hits you like a heartbeat and it's a whole new animal and it's just brilliantly done. Did that take a lot of work to write and assemble that or did it just kind of pour out of your head one day?
3: (laughs) It's funny that you ask that. Um, I literally wrote that song at four in the morning. I woke up and I was sleeping. I woke up in the middle of sleep and I had this, idea, like this, this melody in my head. And I literally woke up, recorded it in my, my my iPhone, my voice recorder, and went back to sleep. And so I had a songwriting session the next morning, um, and we kind of collaborated on it, but I had, I had the gist of it and ba- the basic idea already in that voice recording. And, you know, he kind of, um, he had thought of, you know, the chords and kind of restructured those a little bit. And I remember on the way home from that session, I was listening to it, and I'm like, there's something special about this. You know, I write a lot of songs, um, so it's kind of hard for me to judge which ones are good and which ones aren't. But, and then when we got in the studio to record that with Justin Glasgow, he just really, you know, took the, you know, took the song, and that's what a great producer does, and they make it magical. And he um, really, uh, like I said, again, that was another part that was kind of magical and it where it happened. It happened really quick, and, you know, everybody that worked on it really contributed to kind
0: of make it what it is well they certainly did a good job and, and this may sound strange but it, to me it, it evokes images of the scottish highlands or an, of adventure and adversity and an affair well, like of the that. heart in, in, a, in a vast landscape
3: <laughs> um, I right I <laughs> well
0: um I, I bring this up because there's something else about your music and it's not always in the lyrics a lot of it's in the instrumentation and the arrangement. Mm-hmm. It, it, your music does create magical images and fairy tales and childhood. Uh, an example that's holding my breath. Another example is I will be yours. And, and I want to play a uh, another song that, that to me just is absolutely uh, fairy tale magic. This is reality. Mm-hmm. ironically. starts out with with the muted snare and the tinkling keyboard and the electronic rhythm that conjures up, in my mind at least, an image of a little girl looking out her window for a unicorn or a fairy. And then <laughs> the hook, the hook like comes that. in and you are sucked into the sky, you're whirled around, and then you drift. You drift with the clouds looking to find someone in your dreams. Um, from what you're saying, I, you, you don't purposely do that, but To me, you do that. And I just wonder, has that been an evolution, or have you always started off creating a little world that you suck people into with your music?
3: Um, I mean, I guess that's the idea, is to suck people in so they keep listening, right? But um, I don't think I did it on purpose. That being said, I've always been really fascinated by uh, you know fairy tales and you know that that idea i think it's because i'm i'm originally from orlando florida where i grew up going to disneyland all the time so our disney world sorry so that you know honestly and that still sounds silly but you know having i've always just really been fascinated by you know fantasy and stories and stuff like that so maybe that's kind of where that inspiration comes from a little bit
0: well part of it is that you take the care to do a setup and a yeah. lot of musicians don't they just start, and you you do that and again, do you plan on that, or is that just the way you are?
3: so I plan on what
0: to to do setups rather than just start right away on, on a song?
3: I don't know I mean you're asking all all these good questions I did not even know I mean, <laughs> with this one in particular i mean it it's a you know for me it's about when you wake up in the middle of a dream and it's like do I go back to that dream or do i Stay here, and like that idea for me was really interesting. Of the idea if you stay back in the dream and you actually made the you know the fantasy come true. And I guess I think for songwriting, it's important to have a setup, to have a build, to to you know get people to listen through the whole way instead of just half the song. You know.
0: Well, it it works now. Uh, now, let's turn to, to another topic, and this is your new project, Johnny, Johnny California, which is a project that has a lot of energy and a lot of personality in it. It sounds to me like when I heard you live, uh, this, like you really found a groove here, and, and I, I, want, I want our audience to get a, an idea of what I'm talking about, so I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Johnny California's song, This is Volcano. I think that, that pretty well shows you the contrast between uh, Johnny California <laughs> and, and other music. So tell us about Johnny California. What's the concept for the project, and where did the idea come from?
3: Oh, wow. I'm Johnny California, it started actually when, um, well, kind of when I had been kind of doing the singer-songwriter thing for a while, and I realized that, you know, you have to really try something different and unique to get the industry's attention, and I really wanted to come up with something new, and so I had just been kind of create, like collaborating with other people. And after I Will Be Yours um, was done, I, I liked the idea of it being a, a band. I thought about a band project or having, like, you know, more energy. and Anyway, so I thought of the name Johnny California, which is interesting in itself. Every time I say that name, people go, oh, yeah, I've heard of them before, but I haven't really released anything um under that name yet we have just been playing a few shows it's a really new idea and i've just been developing it over the last year um but uh it's it's really interesting i have a lot of different ideas that kind of go along with it johnny california is this character you know and he's kind of represents the band and um we have it's interesting like i said i'm still developing it so we have a couple songs and i'm getting ready to uh Hopefully, produce uh, an EP for that towards the end of the year. But um, we've just been playing out and writing and uh, you know developing it, figuring out what works.
0: Uh, what, what kind of response do do you get when you uh, you arrive on stage as uh, Johnny California?
3: You know, it's been really interesting because we had a we've only had a few shows and we had a, a pretty big show at the House of Blues main stage um, a couple months ago in May, and it was. I looked out into the audience, and, and for the first time in my life as a performer, I felt like this music really was who I am as an artist, and who I, what I felt comfortable singing. And I looked into the audience, literally, and you normally can't see the audience, but I could see this, you know, crowd of 400 people literally staring, like they could they weren't, you know, they weren't distracted, they wanted to see, they wanted to know more. And so, just seeing that, and literally didn't take their eyes off, off of us for the, their entire performance. So that for me it was really great and I had you know really great responses after that show and so I it, it was motivation for me to keep going in this direction
0: well I, I'm, I'm glad you did because uh I think Thank it's you. a great direction um it's will you... more
3: fun for me um than the kind of singer-songwriter stuff it's way more fun to perform with a band for me and I think that's kind of where I, I want to go from here
0: uh can you do both or do you want to do both
3: you know it's as a writer, I write so many different styles. So it really is cool to have two different outlets to put music out. Like I can put some, you know, I've been focusing on TV and film placements and it's cool to have two different style outlets to place. It's basically like having two personalities, right? So I have Johnny California, which obviously you can tell that sounds different. And I still have some stuff I'm releasing um, under my artist name. So it, it gets confusing, but it is actually really cool to be able to do both just because I, I love writing music and I write a lot of it and um, I do have two you know areas to do that in two different vehicles you could say
0: well I'm, I'm looking forward to to both of them um, and I want to give my yeah. audience a, a a little a little taste of the, the current music not not Johnny California but the the album and this is the title song from the album addicted to heartbreak Uh, one thing I, I always uh, ask musicians is why they selected a particular title song and why they titled their album. Why, why did you title your EP Addicted to Heartbreak?
3: You know, every song in that, um, on that EP is, is kind of relationship-based, but all different, you know, all different aspects of it. So um, I felt like Addicted to Heartbreak encompassed all of the songs on, on that EP so it, okay. it, it just made sense, and I also thought it was kind of a, it's kind of a dramatic you know it's kind of a, a big thing to say is I'm addicted to heartbreak it's a, to to admit you're addicted to something is kind of uh, you know a big something something big to say, and I wanted it to make an impact
0: well you, you certainly did um Unfortunately, uh, I'm addicted to the heartbreak of uh, telling you that we're out of time, right?
3: (laughs) Nice one.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us today. But before we leave, where do people go to get your music?
3: Um, You can get my EP and my single on iTunes. You can find um, more information about me on BrittanyBouchard.com.
0: And do you have any gigs coming up?
3: I do. I actually have a show in Los Angeles on September 30th um, with the very talented Caitlin Linney um, at Room 5. Um, she's on at 8, I'm on at 9, and um, yeah.
0: And, and, and uh, is, is that as uh, Brittany or is that as Johnny?
3: You know, it's actually the first time I'm going to do kind of a combination of both, so it should be fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so, we get to see a personality change in, mid, in mid-song, in huh? <laughs>
3: exactly, right?
0: That, should that's going to be so much fun. So, that's sept- September 30th at Room 5 in Los Angeles. Anybody who's in Southern California, Room 5 is a great place. Uh, try and be there, and you will see something you have never seen before. Two people in one person singing. <laughs> And singing really well. Again, thank you so much, Brittany. and Brittany and, and Johnny, I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. We've thank got to, you for we've having take, me.
3: I really appreciate
0: it. You're quite welcome. We've got to take a break right now. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live.
2: Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net.
0: And we're back at Music Friday Live. This is your host, Patrick O'Heffernan, and I uh, want to say thank you to everybody who's listening and also remind everyone that um, we are booked through September, so don't suggest any more bands until then. We're still going through the backlog. We actually are listening to all of the people you send us and looking at their website. But check out the uh, our website because we're going to be posting a whole bunch of new reviews this Friday and uh, don't forget if you uh, stay tuned to our Twitter feed how's that uh, mixing metaphors a radio metaphor with a online metaphor if you follow our Twitter feed you will know who's coming up in the following weeks well now um, I've got to give you a little bit of an important word from our wonderful sponsor Solar City you know, solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront costs. Well, with solar city, you can go solar for zero upfront cost on approved credit. That's right, zero. Solar City will come out, they'll install a solar system on your home for free. You only pay for the power you use, just like you do from the utility company, except you pay for a lot less power because the sun's making it for you. And Solar City pays for the system. They insure the system, and they maintain the system. All you have to do is enjoy the savings. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar has not been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. How do you find out about it? Well, I'm going to give you a phone number. You knew I was going to give you a phone number, so you have your pen and pencil ready. That phone number is 909-618-6937. That's right, 909 909- 618-6937 and that's anywhere in the country. Solar City is national. You've probably seen their little green trucks in your neighborhood. And when you call 909-618-6937, chances are you're going to talk to a woman by the name of Tina. She's my representative there. And if you tell her I sent you, she will give you a discount on your order. So again, that's 909-618-6937. Tell them Patrick sent you. Well, Many people don't know what to make of our next guest's band, the We Are the West Band. The band is three people who somehow manage to sound like an entire orchestra. They play rock and alt-rock, or maybe they don't. And they play country, but maybe not. And they play New Age, but, well, maybe not that either. I don't know. Whatever they play, they play it in the storm drains and shipping containers and sheep farms and abandoned convents and who knows where else, and everything they play is absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. As a plus, they sometimes play their great music at a concert series they host in the underground parking garage of an office building whose name and whose location shall remain nameless right now, and they play it before the full moon which may be why I got addicted to them. Something to do with the full moon and being underground, I don't know. In any case, after the show, I'm going to have to check my body for strange teeth marks. Regardless of where they play, we are joined today by John Kibler and Brett Huell, or probably just Brett, I think. He, they are the founders of We Are the West. Uh, welcome to Music Friday Live. Is this Brett? Yeah, this is
1: Brett, and John should be here, too. Yes, oh, hey. hey. Patrick. Wow,
0: wonderful. <laughs> we, we get... Uh, We get a double threat today. Well, Brett and John, first of all, tell us, what is the idea behind We Are the West?
4: The idea? Well, I'll let John take that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, um, yeah, I guess the idea is more about the we part. Um, It it started out as uh, Brett and I, just as a duo for quite a while, and then... um, We've, uh, slowly over the last couple years that we've been doing this, um, growing our, our circle and playing with more and more musicians and in different forms and different sounds. And, uh, I think that's, it's more about the we and we happen to be, we are the West, I guess.
4: Yeah. And I'd say the West probably came from our time in the East. <laughs> we, uh, the, the band, the, the band sort of formed while John was living in Holland and I was in New York and, uh. That's where we had our shipping container on a sheep farm, and that's where a lot of the, the <laughs> Well that Well, that, that's, that's
0: pretty so. aged. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you have a third member of the band now, too. You want to tell us about her? I know she couldn't be here today.
4: Yeah. Um, we've been playing with Elizabeth Goodfellow on the drums, yes. and uh, she's been singing a lot with us, and she's been a, a real breath of fresh air with us, and she's fantastic. Here. Yeah. Yes. And... uh <laughs> Yeah, I can't say enough good things about her and like John was saying with the whole we expanding we've also got a couple other friends that have been joining us um, Sylvan Carton on uh, baritone sax and clarinet and flute and guitar and singing um, Paul Cox on pump organ and keyboards and our friend Ben Toliday on cello and various friends around the country who come to our concert series that we put on you were talking about and uh, yeah it's just it's a, becoming a very
0: communal thing, which is ideal, in my mind. Which is why uh, you you manage to sound like an orchestra, um, and and I've yeah. listened I've listened to uh, her drumming, and uh, she's very unusual. She has a way of caressing cymbals that I have never seen anybody else do, and, and it, it it adds a whole kind of shimmering dimension to your music. It, it, it's quite. Quite good. She's one of the most sophisticated drummers I've seen in a long time. Uh, How how did you uh, discover her?
1: Well, uh, our friend Sylvan actually had played with her before, and um, he suggested, I guess the way he described it was, um, we'd asked if, if he knew anyone that was playing drums around on town, and he said that he played a gig with this girl that, um, only play, she only played a snare drum on the gig and he didn't even notice until about halfway through that she only had one drum. So we <laughs> thought that was like the greatest description ever. But what I really like about her playing and why I think it fits so nice, she, she is technical and she can speak that language, but when we're playing, she's all about the song and the big picture, which I think is kind of what Brett and I Strive to do when we're playing, so not on the details of the arrangement or the section of the song, but more the feeling of the overall, beginning to end. Where does it pick you up and where does it drop you off? And she's she's right there with us, which is great.
0: Well, let, let's give our uh, our audience a, a little example of that. I want to uh, play uh, a bit of uh, "Good Luck" and all that stuff.
1: My dearest is my
0: That was uh, good luck and all that stuff, and, and um, I understand that uh, Elizabeth is not the drummer on any of the songs we're going to play. You haven't had a chance to uh, record <laughs> with her, but nevertheless, <laughs> this is really, 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 really good. Uh, you, would you call yourselves somewhat country? Because you have kind of a country lilt a little bit in your voices.
4: Well, John is from the country.
2: <laughs>
4: so uh maybe and uh yeah i i think that genres and stuff are they're hard to they're like easy to think about in general but they're hard to pinpoint when it comes down to the specifics of actual listening to actual music at least for for me and, and the way i think about us there's a lot of country artists that that we totally love and are inspired by willie nelson for one in particular i'm staring at his face right now and my in my place, <laughs> on a record, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I think country is is a very American form, probably, and we're American boys.
0: Uh, it, it's sort of it's sort of one of the the quintessential uh, American forms. Although there is a huge uh, country music community in uh, in Canada, as you probably know. Um, right why the exotic locales for some of your live performances now I, I know you play in regular clubs also but uh, but but why do you like to pick kind of offbeat places
4: well I think uh, I think for me thinking about it it's it just feels more like a real experience um, there's something something special about um, like going to a a party at somebody's house or something. You know, you feel welcome and you feel like a, a normal human being who's interacting with other normal human beings. And uh, when you go into, like, a, a business-type venue, a lot of them are great and we love playing at them, but there's a different kind of feeling that happens that's um, a little more to do with maybe commerce and, and a fixed idea of what a show is rather than um, an environment where a unique moment can happen. Um and I, I think people's expectations are, are kind of thrown out the window once you uh set it up somewhere different. So but I think I think in terms of our history of why we've done this a lot of times it's just been necessity and because it seems it seems fun and, and cool.
0: Well I I've know, noticed Go ahead, John.
1: No, no problem. I was I was going to agree with you fully how um I don't know taking music to somewhere where I wouldn't normally be performed or listened to, uh, allows people to hear it differently, I think. And me included, like if we play in a, a really open, uh, space with lots of ringing overtones and everything, then I definitely play differently if, you know, with the, I wait for the sound to come back and the voice to fill it out. And, and then if we're somewhere where there's, um, like a tight, loud PA in a small room crammed with people, then that's a different, different way of playing, which I think they're all great, and I, I think we just want to experience them all.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've noticed that uh, the shows I've been to, and I've only been uh, in the parking garage shows, uh, your concerts are, a lot, a lot of your concerts are conversation. That there's a lot of interaction between you and the audience, and it's very friendly interaction, and it's meaningful interaction too. And uh, I, you don't normally see you don't see that in a club very often at all. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's why I, uh, I I enjoy it so much. I've got another uh, one of your uh, your tunes uh, queued up here on the the jukebox, and I want to play a little bit of this one. Uh, this is kind of a little different than than what we just heard. This is uh, cauliflower ears. So sweet and so soft and so gentle on the mind. Uh, who, who wrote mm-hmm. that? Was that you, Brett?
4: Uh, yeah, Call of Our Ears. Yeah, that one kind of came came out while we were on the East Coast. And um, we went and recorded it. Um, I think I probably wrote it while I was in New York. And we, we worked on it together um, up in western New York in uh, this barn. Um, in a small town, and that's where we recorded it. And it was just—we just recorded it, the two of us playing live. And you listen to the recording, you can hear all the birds and the bugs and stuff. It was the, the dead heat of midsummer. It was okay. Super yeah. hot. Super hot in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll have to put it on my earphones and go back and listen uh, really, really closely because yeah. no, I, I didn't catch <laughs> you any of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so you were on a farm. where there was there cauliflower on the farm? Is that where the title comes from? <laughs>
1: No, I, I think uh, it's a little more.
4: Uh, I mean, there are certainly farms around, yeah. Um, and we want to head back there actually this coming summer to work on our our full record um, to a, a church out there that a, a friend of ours converted into an amazing music studio. But no, I think I think in terms of the the title and and the lyrics on that one, it's, I don't know. That that one's a hard one to talk about. It's a it kind of resides somewhere else. Than uh, normal sense, I think.
0: <laughs> well, which is one of which is part of its charm. I I think so. Yeah, it it <laughs> it sucks you in. You you have to kind of turn off reality and and listen because mm. it is its own reality. And uh, I think that's definitely part of its charm. And you pull that off extremely well. Um, so you're you're going to be going back to New York, you think, to play in a a church that has been converted into a sound studio, and, and of course that's. That's a very logical thing. Church is coming with uh, with very good acoustics. Um, yeah. What's the What's the strangest place you've ever played in? <laughs> what do you think?
1: Well, I don't know if it's strange for others, but for me, the most surreal was um, when I was living in the Netherlands. I was I was looking every day on their version of Craigslist for a place to play. And Brett was coming over, and we were working on songs, but we were in an apartment, you know, and it was kind of restrictive. And so we found a place, and my Dutch is okay, but um, I found a place for 80 euros a month. So we went to check it out, and it was... Uh, it had electricity, but it was like a 40-foot-long 40, 40 shipping container, and it was right in between two barns on a sheep farm that we were talking about. And the it was so... It was so cheap, we decided, like, yeah, this will be great. But, you know, summer comes in Holland at the beginning of July, and it's, like, over at the middle of July. So <laughs> we uh, and we were there in, like, March March and April and stuff. So it was so cold, and it was really just a big metal box, and the bass would shake the whole thing, and the singing would shake it, and we ended up using the actual container for, like, percussion sounds and and doing all sorts of weird... Recording experiments there with, and they all have the sheep in the background kind of Making their noise and tractors and it was just the whole thing was real foreign country foreign environment everything
0: Um, I did I I hope you have some video from that period
1: (laughs) Definitely.
4: Yeah, yeah Yeah, there's one sheep in particular that we uh, he was separated (laughs) from the flock and uh, he was the loudest guy and uh, he was always tied up by himself outside pretty close to the container and we named him brunch because we, we thought they were fattening him up for Easter brunch and uh, he, he pretty much made it onto every single recording that we made out there and then uh, luckily we found out later that he was just uh, the farmer's lawnmower so he wasn't he wasn't going to be served up anytime soon.
0: Well uh, is any of that video posted anywhere where the rest of us can see this uh, wonderful shipping container?
4: Um, not, not yet. We have, I, there's one, um, there's one video we put up, um, of us playing a song called regards, um, on the farm, but you can't see the shipping container, but you can see kind of the, the light and the sky of the sun was kind of going down and there were birds out there. And you, you can find that on, uh, through our site. And, and, the
0: and where should, pe- where should people go to, uh, to see that video and where should they go to get your music?
4: Yeah. I would, I would just say that we are the west.com. Um, is, um, got, Usually got everything, and, and uh, we're probably most active on that and on, like, our Facebook page or that kind of thing.
0: Okay. All right. So there's there's video there. That's where people can go and get your music. And uh, also, uh, do you have a schedule of uh, new gigs coming up?
4: Yeah, we got a schedule. We actually need to update it because we've we got some more shows lined up. And, uh, yeah, that's where people can find out about our um, Underground Parking Garage concert series and uh, all the details. And we have an email list. You can send us a message and get on that. Or uh, through Facebook, just go look up We Are The West or Facebook.com slash We Are The West Music. And um, yeah, we, that's, that's kind of okay. how we get the word out. We don't, we don't, put, we don't work in right. public well, business or like
0: that. <laughs> well, well, since you brought up the parking lot, uh, the parking garage, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Concerts. Let's talk about them. You want to tell um, our audience uh, what they are. You don't have to say where they are, but say what they are and, and how you got the idea.
4: Um, well, we uh, once a month we take over the uh, underground parking garage of an office building on the west side of Los Angeles, and we've now been doing it for a couple of years. And uh, we do it the Saturday before the full moon, like you were saying earlier, and uh, we always have a different guest artist open the night, and we've had, you know, friends and bands and string quartets and solo artists and painters, and um, so we kind of create a whole evening. And uh, I suppose it started a while back, kind of like, uh, kind of like the shipping container. We, we we needed a place to play, a place to rehearse, and uh, we were scrum- you know, scratching our heads trying to figure out a, a cool place to go to. We were all living in an apartment at the time and uh, decided, oh, we had access to an an office there, and so we thought we could go after hours and maybe rehearse in the office. And then I I think it was as we were kind of getting the gear out in the garage, something fell out of the car and uh, just created an amazing echo down there. And we all kind of looked at each other and started smiling and snapping our fingers and clapping our hands and hearing how great the, the reverb was. And then we just kind of had the idea, like, hey, could we just rehearse down here? And then we did, and it was great. We just played acoustic, I think, that night, and we didn't really need much. And after a while, we decided, hey, why don't we invite some friends down to show them what we've been playing? And then they started growing from there.
0: Well, let me give our our listeners a a little bit of a visual description, this being radio, of Mm -hmm. course. Uh, the yeah. uh, it, it really is an underground parking garage, and and once you know the address, and and we'll remind you before the, uh, the show's over how to find the address. Once you know the address, you drive by and you look for a sign, a little tiny sign, taped to an orange traffic cone that says this is the place. And then you go down that driveway <laughs> and you hunt around till you find a door, and the door is cracked open a little bit, so you know that's the right door, and you go inside, and lo and behold, you're in you're in an underground parking garage that lit up with twinkle lights and, and uh, hangings from the ceiling and uh, there's a, uh, a table where you, you can sort of check in. It's, it's all free. There's, there's no charge, but if you want to make a donation, you can. And also there's a nice chest where you can get something cool to drink if you want to. And there's tables and chairs set up and people come with their friends and, you know, they bring their, their, uh, their, their snacks with them and kick back and relax and listen to great music and it's very good music, and it's very well done. You guys have got a great sound system down there and, and full-scale mixing and everything. I, it must take you all day to set up and uh, tear down again because it, this is the full-scale club you've got down there.
1: Yeah, it's like a top-up top venue, I guess. We've got it down to a couple hours, you know, up in a couple... It seems to take longer taking it down, but the, the sound system you mentioned is, is actually very minimal. We just have a couple of speakers for the microphones and uh, a, li- a very very minimal amplification for the instruments and we just try and keep the actual acousticness alive and actually the garage provides everything else that really
0: can the play garage to the is room, the sound system it it, 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 works, is, it works yeah, yeah. Uh, well
4: yeah, I I want actually I, want actually, our first, go ahead. I was, was going to say that our first uh, when we released our first uh um, recordings. We've, we've been working on these recordings um, uh, in parts. So we've been kind of doing our debut album in, in in four parts. So far, we've done the first three. And the first one we recorded down in the garage, and we had our our EP release show. And uh, there was a power transformer that blew the night before the show. So we were kind of like, Oh man, what are we gonna do? All the lights, all the PA, everything was gonna be out. And then they told us, Oh, it'll be ready by the time sh- the show the show kicks in. Like o'clock or whatever it should be up long story short power never came on and so we just decided to light a bunch of candles and we just played acoustically and that was one of the best shows we'd ever had down there we really didn't need anything
0: and and that explains why there's candles on every table wonderful exactly yeah (laughs) well speaking of great music we've got a little bit more of your great music here and this is uh one which i'm sure everybody's going to enjoy this is jv tryouts (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Sweet gentle songs. That's uh JV tryout. So, did, did you record that in the, the garage, or was that done in the studio?
1: That one was a little of both. I think that um, that was on a second EP, the, the red one, which we recorded in the barn. Brett was talking about in Western New York. But mm-hmm. um, there were a, a few things, like a snare drum hit that you could hear there. We did that in the garage, and that's why it sounds so. Long and full there, and um, sometimes we will play back some of the singing or things we've already recorded. We'll play it through the garage and record it, re-record it like a you know like an echo chamber or something. And so there's a little bit of that going on. So it's kind of a mixture of the two.
0: Well, it sure yeah. sounds uh, it's wonderful. Unfortunately, we are out of time. So uh, once mm-hmm. again, when tell people where they can find you and your music, and also tell them where they start the uh, the treasure hunt for the location of the next uh, underground concert.
4: <laughs> well, uh, you can find us at wearethewest.com uh, or on uh, Facebook or Twitter or any of those. Um, but we're pr- most active on Facebook. And uh, I would say uh, go to those if you want to find out about the garage shows and, and where to go. But you might just want to, like, and the to breathe 66 towards the ocean, and you'll
0: probably find it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us uh, today. Thanks. You've been thank you. have been listening to music. Thank you. Oh, it it's my, my been my pleasure. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. If you like our Facebook page and you follow our Twitter feed, you'll get a real-time update on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Barleben. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. Download this and other Music Friday programs at CyberStationUSA.com or right away after the show, go to blogtalkradio.com slash Music Friday, and the podcast should be up and ready to be downloaded in probably about 15 seconds after we go off the air. Be here next Friday. Be here next Friday. I'm not going to tell you who the guests are now. They're they're going to be kind of... uh, kind of a mystery but you'll be really glad you did and that way you'll also have to well i'll tell you about one of them uh roy Partin is going to come come back on the show you know roy Partin and his big band uh, he's got some news for you all so be here next friday and check out our twitter stream and our facebook page and you'll find out who the other guest is actually the other two guests and we'll update you on them so good night everyone have a great musical weekend and here's a little bit more of jv tryouts Hi guys. Hi guys. Hello.